Amen. I love that song that about God uh, because his love really is reckless. You know, it really is, y'all. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. Um, as far as the communion today, <laughs> I'm honored to be able to do this, you know, to be able to see all of y'all, um, you know, first of all, worshiping God means a lot to me, you know, to be able to witness that because I wasn't able to do that for a little while. So, um, but I, I won't go down that road. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, I had put down in some notes here that um, it's been said a lot that God is great, which is true. You know, he is great. We all know that um, and that we really do serve a mighty God. You know, we really do serve a mighty God who really cares about us and wants the best for us. And then I had to ask myself, um, uh, sorry, <laughs> I had to ask myself, do you really believe this? Like, like really look in the mirror, just look at my looking at myself, asking myself that question. Darnell, like, do you really believe this? Like that he really cares for you. Um, and I'm like, you know what? He really does. You know, I'm I'm here today, you know, just 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 experiencing his his love uh, like us, like we all are. You know, we all are witnesses, his, witnessing his love anytime we wake up. Um, and so I put down also that, you know, trouble encounters us all on this short life on earth that we have on earth right now. Um, and our faith in God can be choked out sometimes and, you know, we start to lose hope. At least I know it's been that way with me. I'm like, God, why is this happening? You know, why is, why is, I, I just don't understand and um, and then I, I just had to get on my knees and really talk to God about what's going on, you know, in my life, because um, he knows already what's going on. He just like like my little kids, they just they just want to hear from me um, or, or I just want to hear from them, I should say. Uh, and so, God, he's our father. He just wants to hear from us, even though he already knows. Um, so let's just turn to. Uh, Jeremiah, this is one of my favorite scriptures, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. All right. Uh, so it just says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me. And come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Um, my goodness, that that scripture. But I also had to dissect this scripture when it says, "Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, um, and I will listen to you." And I was like, "Then, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, argue with God. I'm just like." Or, or about that scripture, I'm just saying, like, then, like, I, I want to already be doing that now, you know, and then, and you know, and continue, you know, in prayer and um, and seeking out God. Uh, but it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So I just want us to, um, 
you know, if you're not doing this already, I encourage you to do that, to really seek God with all of your heart. Um, and I'm talking like with all of your heart. Um, and then, you know, and continue to search for God and he will be found. Um, and so uh, God only wants the best for us. I, I have, you know, thought at times that, you know, God was mad at me uh, for the things that I've done in the past. And um, and I'm like, oh, so this is it. This is this is this is this is what I've done to myself, you know, and I allowed uh, myself to to hmm, like be my worst enemy, I would say, or, or allowed the enemy to get in my head and confuse this engine up here because that's what he tried to do to all of us every single day. He doesn't let up, you know. Uh, so um, this is all, you know, uh, not true as far as those negative thoughts that we can have. And, you know, Satan's job, like he's the accuser, you know, so we have to remember that that's, that's his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. So if he can destroy what's up here, then the rest is easy. You know, his job is done. Uh, for the most part, until we're dead. That's what he wants. But anyway, um, you know, God is only asking for, you know, a mustard seed of faith, you know, and at times I can think that I need to have, oh, I need to do this and that and this. And, like God is only asking for, a, like a, if you ever saw a mustard seed of faith, it's so small, but it grows into the biggest, you know, y'all know how that, that works, I believe. <laughs> so... So, yeah, I mean, it's, that's all God is acting for. He's oh, such a loving God. And that little seed can move mountains. It can do many things, you know. And so we just have to remember that. And I feel like we can all do this. We can all do this. You know, there's there's no question to it. Like, we can do this. And so, um, so, I'm, so yeah, that's, that's what I just wanted to discuss on um, communion today. Um, and I guess... Um, Go ahead and pray for communion. Okay. Yes, let's pray for communion. Um, Father God, uh, my goodness, it's such an honor just to talk about, talk, talk with my brothers and sisters about you, God, and for any visitors about you, Lord. And we're taking this communion in remembrance of you and what you did for us, Lord. You died for us, God. You you came down to this, this planet, God, and and, and suffered for us so that we can have a relationship with you, God. So grateful. I pray that we remember this, remember what you've done for us, and Lord, um, and that we we would do everything in our in, in our power to serve you every single day and worship you with our lives and the way we live. In Jesus' name, Amen.
Okay. All right. So we're going to go ahead and pray uh, for the offering. Um, so please bow your heads. Um, eternal God, uh, thank you in advance. Thank you so much for the money that we do have, God, to offer as a sacrifice to you, God. That's all you're asking us to do. Um, so I'm grateful, Lord, uh, to be able to do this, God. And I'm sure every, uh, everyone in here is as well, God. You know what we have before we even give it to you, God. You know how much money we have. You know everything about us. And so I just pray that we can give with glad and sincere hearts towards you, God, as a sacrifice. We love you, God. And I pray um, that this is that that you continue um, to bless us as you see fit, God, and that we honor you with our lives. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give Darnell a hand? That's awesome. <laughs> Having the honor and pleasure to live with him, to see, just watch you endure, you know, but also just to still come out praising God, you know. I know, I, I want you to know that we see that and that God sees that, man. Thank you for that. And that's such a good reminder that it's, we can want the now so much that we're just like in the valley. We don't, we, we, we were just like, well, God, can you just bring me into the meadow? It was like, no, no. The valley is needed for your growth. So I just, I'm, pr I'm praying for you, man. We're all are. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for that awesome message, man. So good. Amen, amen. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our kids and our preteens. Parents, please go and sign your kids in at this time. Amen, amen. So I'm gonna, I need a shout out. Where, where are my ladies at? Wow. Wow. Try that one more time. Where are my ladies at? I need a little bit more on this side. Where are my ladies at? Dang, okay. That's about to get At this time, we're going to have an announcement about Women's Day. All right. Women's Day. There's a lot of men in this room, but um, <laughs> maybe you can relay the message to your uh, significant others. But Women's Day is in three, about three weeks, September 24th. Um, so it's going to be a great time. This time last year when we had Women's Day, I don't know how many of you remember, but there were so many women that came out to worship with us, that came out to study the Bible with us. Um, Melissa, actually, her first thing she ever came to was Women's Day. And um, I really can't imagine our congregation without her in it. 
Um, and so just really be praying and be faithful that God can really produce a lot of fruit and use us as women to encourage the community around us, as well as for ourselves just to be spiritually fed. Um, and so if you haven't already registered, like I haven't, I'll be honest, I need to do that. So if you haven't registered, um, go ahead on Eventbrite and do that. Invite your friends, make sure that they're here, help them figure out childcare. just really work with them to get them here, um, and it's going to be a great time. Amen, amen. I am always excited to hear about Women's Day because I love intruding on Women's Day. <laughs> amen, amen. At this time, before JD comes and gives an amazing sermon as we're starting a new series, and we're going to stand up. <laughs> Go right back up. He's going to be talking about the gospel, so I thought it would be appropriate to sing Rejoice in the Law of the Lord. Is that all right? Yeah, that is okay. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Hmm. Ladies? Rejoice. Rejoice in the law of the Lord. Rejoice. Rejoice in the law of the Lord. Meditate on his law all the day and the night. Meditate on his law all the day and the night. Rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the law of the Lord, meditate on his law all the day and the night, meditate on his law all the day and the night. Rejoice, Happy is the man who is like a tree, planted by a stream. And seeds are bearing fruit. Come on, come on, won't you join us today? Come on, come on, won't you join us today? Our God, like chaff, blows the wicked away. Our God, like chaff, blows the wicked away. Come on, come on, won't you join us today? Come on. Come on, won't you join us today? Our God, like chaff, blows the wicked away. Our God, like chaff, blows the wicked away. Celebrate today. Celebrate away. He said, welcome, J.D., for the sermon. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just teasing, y'all. I'm just teasing. Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Good, good. Fantastic. Well, um, just want to get started here by welcoming um, Mama back. She is back with us. So great to have her back home, the home 
already the house already has new flavor um, in so many different ways. And so you guys have to pay attention to me uh, gaining more weight. Um, I, I worked so hard to lose like 39 pounds in the last few uh, few months and I'm already starting to put it back on in like two days. So, um, but um, it's so, so great to have you back, Mama. Um, um, the, the house already has new energy. Um, and uh, the, I can see the church having new energy as well. So, um, but also just really want to thank, thank Darnell for a great communion this morning. Thank you so much, bro. Um, really appreciate you sharing your heart with us. And um, and so let me ask a question here. How are our teens this morning? How are our teens this morning? All right. Good, good. Just want to make sure you're here. How are our young adults this morning? Aaron, that's not you, bro. How are our young adults this morning? Good. How are our marriage this morning? Wow, that's interesting. Married sounds a lot louder and have more energy than our young adults. And how are those visiting with us this morning? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Damon, did I hear you? How are visitors this morning? Visiting with us this morning. All right, there we go. Come on. I want to make sure we keep this energy this morning, all right? We're going to talk about the gospel this morning. So we got to keep the energy this morning. And so... Um, we're starting a new series, um, and so, look, this is going to be a marathon series, all right? This is a 10-week series, which traces the story of the gospel from Genesis to Revelation. And so this is going to be like a primer, because what I'm thinking about doing is, for next year, is going through the gospel story from Genesis to Revelation all year. Right, like we're gonna work through the Bible next year. All right, so so we want to do like a ten-week, you know, uh, get ready kind of series um, over the next ten weeks. You know, God's plan of redeeming of redeeming a fallen creation is woven throughout Scripture. And so, for those of you who have our um, our church app, there's some notes in the church app. And so, if you if you don't have that app, you can nudge the person next to you and they can help you to download that real quick. Um, it should be pretty easy to download. But uh, there's some notes in, in the app, an outline uh, that you can take a look at as we go through uh, the message this morning. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And um, the gospel is uh, the gospel is the good news of redemption found in the life and work of Jesus for all of God's creation. And so one of the, the main thing I want us to focus on this morning is that we must be people that live a life that's shaped by the gospel. All right, we need to live a life shaped by the gospel. Are we living a life shaped by the gospel? I want us to keep asking ourselves that question this morning. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer, God, just so grateful for your love, your grace, your mercy. Help us to see the gospel in your scripture. 
Help us to help us to live a life that is shaped by the gospel, Father. Father, open our hearts to your word. Open our hearts wide to your scripture this morning. Let us put off all distractions around us, Father, and focus on your word. Let it penetrate our hearts. Through your son's name we pray. Amen. You know, this uh, this introduction, like I said, is 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 a. Uh, um, you know, a primer for the gospel story that we're going to be looking at next year. Um, and then this message this morning is an introduction to our series, as a matter of fact. And so superhero movies are popular, right? They're pretty popular. Many of the superhero movies are produced by comic books, right? Comic book companies. Some are some are DC comic. Some of us are DC comic fans, right? Some are some like Marvel, right? Some are some like Dark Horse comic books. Uh, some Image comics, right? Then, then again, we have manga, right? Right. So, uh, some what? Oh, okay, yeah, right. And, and some of our teens like manga, right? Right? Yes. All right. Look, I asked. I asked at the beginning of our message, are our teens here this morning? So I need some participation. I need you to feel, make me feel like I'm doing an okay job over here, okay? So do you guys like manga, Marvel, DC? What do you guys like? Marvel. Marvel. Teens, what do you like? Manga. Hey, all right, cool. So, so, but, but we, but the, these comic books are filled with superheroes, right? Some of them are funny superheroes, some are serious, right? And many superheroes have have very similar characteristics about them, right? And many many of them have similar like uh, super things, right? Like super speed, right? They got super intelligence, they got super strength, right? They got super super um, uh, you know, they, some of them fly like Superman. And then there's this mix between all those different things, right? And so we watch these movies or we read comic books and they're captivating. We look at these things and we're like, oh, right? And we're amazed by what they can do. And we, and we, and we, get, we watch these and we read the comic books and we're, we're so fired up and we, we go to movie theaters and we spend the money and we read the comic books and we spend the money and we're just so excited about what these superheroes are capable of doing. I grew up reading comic books, right? I thought comics, comic books were so fun, right? I know that uh, many of my friends, they try to draw comic books as well. Some of them don't didn't turn out too good, but... They tried their best to do it because they want to get so involved with it, right? And so there was, there's a book called The Gospel According to Superheroes, right? It was a book edited by New Testament scholar B.G. Arapeza. And it looked at the gospel through the lens of some of our favorite superheroes like Superman and, and Batman, right, bro? Yep, and and X-Men, right? And there are other 
Gospels according to titles that have been written as well. And all of them have a, have a take on faith and, and in culture in some way. However, there is a difference between a gospel account and the gospel of Jesus. There is a difference between the gospel according to and the actual gospel of Jesus. So today's message is really about starting to define the gospel. The gospel of Jesus, not the gospel according to. We're going to look at the gospel of Jesus. As we journey through the series, we will continue to define the gospel. All right. You know, the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are gospels or records of the life and teachings of Jesus. Justin Martyr would have called them memoirs of the life of Jesus. Another meaning of another meaning of, of gospel is the good news. This is Jesus bringing redemption to the world. You know, Millard Erickson defines the gospel as the message of salvation offered to all who believe. The word we translate gospel comes from the Greek word evangelion, meaning good news. This good news was the redemption found in Jesus. We sing it all the time. I've been redeemed. Right? The gospel is, is wrapped in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And the history of God working in the world to bring about this redemption. You know, N.T. Wright clarified gospel stating, Since for Jesus and Paul the announcement of God's inbreaking kingdom was both the fulfillment of of prophecy and a, and a challenge to the world's present rulers, gospel became an important shorthand for both the message of Jesus himself and the apostolic message about him. And Paul saw this message as itself the vehicle of God's saving For Paul, the gospel was God's saving power for us all. God's saving power for us all. But you know what happens is, even though it's the saving power for us all, we don't mention the gospel enough. We don't talk about the gospel enough. It doesn't come up in conversation enough. Though it's the saving power. We don't big it up enough. We don't look at it as the superpower. We will talk about superheroes and comic books and Marvel and DC all the time. We will go to the movies and it's like amazing to us. But when it comes to the gospel power, it's very little talked about. 
It's not that important anymore. Once we're saved, it's like, oh, okay, we're saved. So the gospel power is not tremendous anymore. So listen to how Paul describes the gospel, writing to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 1, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Come on. That's the gospel. Right? In this statement, Paul is emphasizing the life and work of Jesus as central to the gospel. I'm going to come back real quick to that passage, but I just want to let you know that what we're looking at right now is the gospel of Jesus. First importance. First importance. The gospel is the most important message the church is called and has the opportunity to proclaim. Are we being deliberate about taking the opportunities presented to us to proclaim the gospel to our neighbors, both next door and in our communities? Are we taking that opportunity? And what I'm talking about is not proclamation about the gospel. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a declaring and preaching the gospel. Not about the gospel, but preaching the gospel to people. You know, it's good to take part in all social action or work to better mankind and people. It is good to serve. It's good to reach out to our neighbors, as is our current focus in this church. But not if we're replacing or ignoring the gospel. Not if we're replacing or ignoring the gospel. Our social concerns flow out of the gospel. It does not replace the gospel. What we do in our communities, what we do in our neighborhoods, flows out of the gospel message. It doesn't replace the gospel message. It comes first. It should, it should spur us on to doing good deeds. It's not a replacement, y'all. 
But we don't talk about the gospel message much anymore. We will, we will sometimes say, okay, I'm going to do this, that, and the other as a good deed, but then we don't include the gospel. We ignore the gospel. As if we're afraid of the gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Sometimes I feel as if if we, our behavior is as if, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I would rather go cut that lawn, but I'm not talking about the gospel. Are we proud of the gospel? In addition, if we're even preaching the gospel and it's not accompanied by grace and kindness and proving our love with action, then we already discredit the gospel message. What are we doing? What are we doing? Even amongst each other, if, if we're preaching the gospel message and it doesn't include love and kindness and grace in our behavior, then that's no gospel at all. Then we're really ignoring it. The gospel of Jesus is historical fact. Back in our passage, you know, Paul says here that Christ died. He was buried. He rose. He was seen. He was seen. Like eyeballs saw him. These are historical facts on which gospel stands firm. This must be preached. It has to be preached. It can't be ignored. And why did Christ, the King, die? For the forgiveness of our sins. That is why, that, that, that is the why that explains the historical fact. You know, many people were crucified by Romans, but only one victim died for the sins of the world. There were many people who were crucified by Romans. That's not what makes the difference. But only one of them was crucified and died for the entire world. Are we preaching that? Are we proclaiming that to our neighbor, to the people around us? Are we talking about that? It's quiet in here, y'all. Are we talking about that? That he's the only one out of all of these people crucified by Romans that died for the world. Jesus is not a myth. He offers hope. The gospel is good news that offers hope. Look in your neighborhoods and in this city. It's crying out for hope. And that hope must be found in Jesus. So many people feel there is no hope. You don't have to go far. Right outside these gates, 
So many people feel they have no hope. I bet some of you may still feel you have no hope. But it's found in Jesus. Some of you disciples, Christians, feel you still have no hope. Even though you found Jesus. It's almost like you've forgotten the gospel. But that is where hope is. That's where peace is. We all have issues going on in our lives, but we forgot where to look. Talked last week about the guys on the Emmaus Road. Talked last week about about Mary and, and the others finding finding the empty tomb. They all they forget where to look. We forget where to look for the risen Jesus. When we have no hope. Hope must be searched for and found in the gospel message. Search for and found in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2, it says right there. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received. You received it. And on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Paul says this is what we preach. This is what we preach and this is what you believe. By this gospel, you are saved. That's why we're all sitting here. Do you still believe it? Or was it in vain? And not just believe, but hold firm. Stand firm. Where nobody could tell you otherwise. Guys, I gotta tell you, I'm discouraged sometimes when people walk away from God for foolishness. Not only discouraged, you can ask my wife. I get upset. But people walk away from God for just stuff that is silly. Makes no sense. Have some backbone and stand firm in the gospel of Jesus. I hear too much of this belief jazz. Paul says, hold firmly to the gospel. Or we have believed in vain. It's not just a belief. It's holding and standing firm. We can believe all we want. There are a lot of people that believe. But it's holding and standing firm. This is real. Treat it that way. Live it that way. It's not a myth. Preach it that way. Ancient mystery religions featured mythical stories of gods who died and, and were restored to life. 
If you're a Doctor Who fan, you can relate, right? Dying and just come on back, right? Come on, right? Just these mythical, right? He, he, he regenerates. I'm a Doctor Who fan, right? He died and he regenerates. Comes back as a different, cooler guy or girl, lady, right? These represented the, the seasons of the year. These mythical stories of God represented the seasons of the year. The, the deadness of the winter followed by the, 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 re, the revitalization of plant life in the spring. The never-ending, repeated cycles of nature. Those are the gods that people follow, the myths. But such folk folklore offered no hope to the individual. No hope. It was pretty cool, but no hope. Who went offered no hope to an individual who, when fallen, was planted in the ground, never to rise again. And then God broke into history. And he broke into history in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, the King. He is not a mythical superhero. He is not an action hero. He is not G.I. Joe with a Kung Fu grip. He is not here for our entertainment and to make us feel warm and fuzzy. He is a savior, redeemer, Lord, creator, son of the living God, bread of life. Only begotten Son, beloved Son, Holy One of Israel, King of all kings, Prince of Peace, High Priest, Emmanuel, Mediator, Judge, I Am, Son of Man, King of Israel, Carpenter, the Way, the Truth, the Life, the Word. And I can go on and on. This is not exhausting. That is who He is. And it is no myth that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and was raised on the third day, as predicted in Scripture. It is no myth that the risen Jesus, who appeared to many witnesses, dies no more. And this, Paul says, is of first importance. Of first importance. Nothing else is more important than this. The endless, hopeless cycle represented in ancient nature and, and mystery religions was broken by a real historical event, an event that displays the power of the true God and offers mankind, me and you and everybody out there, hope. This is a real thing that need not be ignored. This is the gospel message that need not be ignored. 
the gospel message, a redemption story. You know, Max Lucado tells a story of a missionary in Brazil who discovered a tribe of Indians in a remote part of the jungle. They lived near a large river. The tribe was in need of medical attention because a contagious disease was ravaging the population. And people were dying daily. And a hospital was, was it wasn't terribly too far away. It was pretty close across the river. But the Indians would not cross it because they believed it was inhabited by evil spirits. Right there across the river, they could even see it. But they believed this river was inhabited by evil spirits. They believed that to enter the water would mean certain death. The missionary explained how he had crossed the river and was unharmed. They were not impressed. He then took them to the bank and placed his hand in the water. They still wouldn't go in. He walked into the water up to his waist and splashed water on his face. It didn't matter to them. They were still afraid to enter the river. Finally, he dove into the river, swam about, swam beneath the surface until he emerged on the other side. He punched a triumphant fist into the ear. He had entered the water and escaped. It was then that the Indians broke, broke out into a chair and followed him across. That's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly what Jesus did. He entered the river of death and came out on the other side. No wonder we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. That when we were afraid, when we doubted, Jesus went in, splashed the water all over him, went under, and came out with a triumphant fist and said, come on in. It's okay. I got you. And you will be well. There's hope. The resurrection is why the gospel and why it is alive today. The gospel goes beyond individuals being saved from their sins and going to heaven after they die. The gospel involves the full scope of redemption for God's creation. God's good created world and the people in it rebelled and brought sin into the world. And God has been working to redeem that world through his son, Jesus. The redemption, it found the gospel is a process woven throughout the Bible. However, however, studying God's plan of redemption is, is like looking at the ground from a plane. You ever take an airplane and you look at the ground? And you see everything from 30,000 feet shapes of the landscape, but not all the intricate details of it. The gospel is centered on Jesus, who is central 
to the redemption narrative in the Bible and all human history. Many of you guys know him. Ask people who the most important character in Star Wars is. And you might get the answer, Luke Skywalker. However, the story of Star Wars centers around Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Darth Vader. You know, the story is about the rise and fall and redemption of Anakin. From his introduction as a young boy in the, in the Phantom Menace to his turn to the dark side in Revenge of the Sith to his eventual re redemption sacrificing himself for his son Luke in Return of the Jedi. You know, stories are powerful. Stories are powerful in describing a person's redemption. We get to see where, they're, where, they're, where they started off, how they fell, and how they were brought back to some form of hope. The Bible gives us the story of the gospel by showing us creation, shows us the fall, and it shows us redemption and the hope for a future. You know, what our churches, what would our churches be like if we were to be people that lived lives shaped by the gospel? What would we be like if we lived lives shaped by the gospel, where daily it's on our hearts and on our minds? Where the people we come into contact with, it's on our hearts and on our minds to share the gospel. We have a great hope because of Jesus. We're going to talk more about God's plan for us. We're going to talk about the gospel story in this series. Please join us again next week. And to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Y'all, y'all don't clap again for that one. The reason we even have a have a, a reason to clap, to sing, to rejoice, to pray is because of this. Um, I was going to sing one song. I changed my mind. I'm sorry to my singers ahead of time. Um, but if y'all could stand up with me, because it's amazing when I think of Jesus, just how awesome he is, right? Amen? Amen. 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 So I want us to sing, but we've got to sing. Y'all bless my soul today. Y'all really don't know y'all bless my soul so much. So if you could turn to 445, simple song. Simple, simple song. We're gonna sing "Awesome God." All right. We don't got. We're, we're just gonna do it a few times, just a handful of times. We don't gotta separate into parts or anything. But we, we gotta sing this as if the gospel really has changed us.
Can y'all help me out with that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, 